0: Welcome to episode number 17, it's Michael Fong, Fonger News here with guest Kara McCann. She is a professional counselor at Orange County School of the Arts, and not only that, she was my daughter, Sophia's counselor. Cara, hi. good to see you.
1: Good to see you too.
0: Always good to see you in person. We got a lot to talk about. I know it was so busy the last month because that's your busiest time of the year.
1: Oh yeah, those early action college applications, they keep us hopping.
0: Uh, You know, we talk about, I've had counselors on, external, someone like yourself, people in the prep industry, the tutoring. What are you seeing uh, today as compared to maybe a few years ago? Just the pressure, the more stress with not only students, but out of control parents.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The parents are, are stressed out as well, yes. We have seen a definite increase in the stress and the pressure and you know the need to to apply to specific colleges and to just even um, challenge themselves so rigorously with their academics because of the belief that they just have to take all AP classes to get into a college so we see across the board just a lot of stress and pressure and
0: for any senior today as they're just finishing up or even putting their final dots and uh, i's and crossing the t's with the college application process what impact are you having with your seniors or any counselor with a high school senior today?
1: So we, we're lucky at OSHA that we have as many high school counselors as we do, so we're actually very involved with our seniors. Um, we're an integral part of the college application process because we're submitting school reports and letters of recommendation, but we're also assisting the students with completing their applications, making sure that they're entering in the information the way they should. Um, we're proofreading their essays for colleges. We're you know helping to answer questions for them with respect to colleges being a reach or a fit. I would say that we spend the most amount of time first semester with our seniors, because we're Mm -hmm. going through that whole process with them while they're trying to get all of their application materials in.
0: Let's even go back to freshmen, sophomores, and juniors, because obviously the senior uh, class of 20 is now come and gone in terms of the process. What advice, recommendation do you give for students when they're a freshman, moving through sophomore to junior?
1: I would say that, um, in general, the freshman and sophomore years are more about exploration and curiosity and trying to find out what you're interested in and even uh, taking that exploration with respect to your classes and, and honing in on your interests. And we have curriculum, the counselors do, that we do with our students that involve that college career exploration process and helping them identify what potential careers might be the best fit for them and then kind of stepping backwards into what college majors might help them get to where they want to go career-wise. With freshmen in particular, we meet with each of them individually and help them establish a four-year plan. And that's our first chance to kind of uh, sit with them, talk to them about the transition into high school, which it's a rather big transition in and of itself, um, and then get them thinking about how they move through each year in high school in preparation for where they want to go after they graduate.
0: Do you see more, or do you hear more from the students or the parents?
1: Um, it varies, We, with the younger grades, ninth and 10th grade, we'll hear a little more from the parents, um, and we are actually trying to teach the students to learn to self-advocate. So they may not be as comfortable kind of walking in and asking us questions, and sometimes parents will advocate on their behalf. They will also do so with teachers if there's anything that needs to be looked at or resolved. But we gradually try and help the parents and the students uh, encourage the students themselves to advocate, and we will help with that process. Um, but ultimately, by the time they're a senior, if they're not able to advocate for themselves or ask for help, it will be a struggle for them when they get to college because they will be responsible for all of it on their own.
0: So parents, followers, listeners out there, even students, what Kara is saying is um, let your kids do it on their own. Helicopter parents, back off, stay away, right? Especially in this area, Kara, right? Where we live in, Uh, great advice. Let's talk about now when they go to college because there's more to academics, Mm -hmm. right? Just socially, are they mature? And what are you seeing out there and what can you advice, can you tell parents and how to spot maybe if they're not ready for college?
1: I would say that um, to some degree, we actually have some parents who do question, is my, my child ready to take that step to go straight to a four-year or is my child ready to move away out of state to go to college? Those are very valid questions and each child is unique and different and we actually turn to the parents as a resource when we talk about the college process because they know a little bit more day in and day out what their child is prepared for. Um, We see a mix of students, some that are absolutely ready to get out there and take that next step and they will be extremely successful in college. I would say that the rigor at OSHA to a certain degree is preparing them for having to put in an awful lot of work. Mm -hmm. In fact, I would say that a lot of students come back after leaving OSHA and say holy cow I actually have time to myself in college now and I can have a weekend or be social I don't have to be doing something 24-7 and it's uh, an eye-opening experience for um, other students we feel as though they're either um, not quite ready just to leave home and do everything independently on their own um, or Academically, they may not be really sure what it is that they wanna do, and it might be better for them to take another couple years to explore or to perhaps take a gap year and get out there and work and develop some you know, everyday living skills before taking that step to moving away somewhere and living on a campus or next to a campus.
0: You hit on something, I wanna to touch on it, gap year. Mm-hmm. Maybe parents aren't familiar with it, maybe students aren't familiar with it. Explain to my audience what a gap year is and how valuable and important it can be. And it's okay in this exciting in today's world.
1: It, it definitely is okay. Um, I know that a lot of parents express a concern that, it, that if they don't continue right away into their first year of college, straight out of high school, that somehow things are going to fall by the wayside and they will never regain that momentum. But we actually have uh, a number of students who quite deliberately get out there and um, either travel or work with different programs or gain some pre-professional experience tied to what it is that they wanna do, that actually enables them to be a much more engaged learner by the time they go to college the following year. Most of the time when we talk to students about gap years, we uh, encourage them to be mindful and purposeful with them. It's, uh, it, a lot of the times we will have them apply to college anyway, uh-huh. and in some circumstances they will defer a year and incorporate a gap year already knowing that college is there waiting for them. Others really don't have a notion of where it is that they want to go and they want to take a year and gain a little more experience in their area of interest before they hone in on where they would like to go to school or what specifically they, they would like to study.
0: So parents out there, students out there, gap years are fine. I didn't hear about a gap year until it was Sophia's. <laughs> senior year, and my first, I'm gonna be the first to admit, someone said, oh, maybe I'll take a gap year. Sophia was talking about a gap year. And my reaction, of course, Kara was, no, you're not taking a gap year. <laughs> I said, we gotta to go to college. But the more I, I talk to students and parents and and listen out there, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And not only is a gap year okay, last week's guest was a 4.3 student 31 on the ACT AP honors graduate at modern day. She didn't get into the college of her choice and now she decided to go to IVC. That's a teaser. So let's get into community college. Is it okay?
1: Absolutely 100% okay. In in fact, I would wager to say that it's a much better step for many students and many families in general, but uh, there is a bit of a stigma against it for whatever reason. Um, Having worked in a community college setting, I can speak to the variety of students that I saw as a counselor there, and we had top, top students academically attend the community college because um, their school of choice, some of them got accepted to their school of choice but it was simply not affordable for them. Others did not get into their first choice school and wanted to wait and others really um, wanted to engage in some of the opportunities that community colleges have, community colleges have for guaranteed transfer in particular to the UC campuses that they want to attend. So we have honors programs at the community college, we have TAP programs at the community college, all designed for high achieving students to be able to propel themselves where they want to go. And um, our higher achieving students benefit from, if they are AP scholars and they've taken a number of AP classes and passed them, they will get credit for those at the community college, and in most cases take off a year's worth of coursework a year after that, they will complete their associate's degree in two years and transfer as a junior, having only done one year outside of high school. So
0: so let me see if I heard that correctly. I'm going to slow this down. If I am a high school student, mm-hmm. I'm at AP honors.
1: AP scholar. So you've passed a lot of AP classes. Three or
0: higher. Yeah. I enroll into a community college and I take my classes. That already credits towards a UC class. Correct. And now, if I finish my first year at a community college, I can now apply for whatever UC is. I can enroll as a junior, but I'm going there as in my second year. Correct. Did you hear that? Followers, listeners, parents. That's amazing because most parents will say, my kid's not going to community college, or more importantly, you probably see it at OSHA with the students. They just don't want to be associated with a JC or community colleges, I like to refer them to. I don't like to call them junior colleges because they're community colleges. That's right. Talk to me about, because you've seen it at Saddleback and then probably with your students at OSHA, any statistics or rates of the transfers, how it's a stepping, it's a it's a um, feeder to the UC systems. I heard IBC, Golden West and Saddleback and Santa Monica are the top four in california or at least southern california to feed in the ucs
1: yes that's correct that's the same statistic i have (laughs) oh okay
0: so Fonger news student manager knows what he's doing yes there you go so community college is a great alternative
1: absolutely absolutely and for many students who perhaps didn't feel as though their high school um, experience didn't demonstrate what they were actually capable of perhaps they weren't the highest performing perhaps they were focus, focusing their interests elsewhere. Whatever the case may be, if you transfer with 60 credits or more out of a community college, they don't look at your high school transcript. You don't have to take the ACT or the SAT. They look at your community college GPA. And if you want a, a statistic, I'll use UCI as an example. Our freshmen who are applying to UCI right now out of high school are looking at an average accepted GPA that's over a 4.0. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's very competitive. Um, a lot of the UCs are just simply reach schools because they're so competitive. If you go to a community college and complete your 60 credits and you have a TAG agreement with uh, UCI, you um, need to fulfill your Gen Ed requirements. They specify which courses you have to take for, for Gen Ed to fulfill those requirements. You fulfill your pre-major coursework, whatever courses that will set you up to work uh, at your specific major at UCI and your GPA has to be a 3.4 and you're guaranteed acceptance. Wow. (laughs)
0: See, the little tidbits (laughs) that these, I call them sweatshirt brand parents, Mm -hmm. sweatshirt brand kids that they may not know what's out there, right? Because Mm -hmm. they're just geared towards the big name schools. Mm you know you've probably seen well let's take you for example i'm going to kind of switch gears because the first time i met you we talked about where you're from and sophia i think you asked sophia why do you want the pacific northwest and you said have you ever thought about the university of british columbia because that is where (laughs) you are a grad from there's so many colleges out there sell my audience on because i didn't hear about it until you told me there was Uh, university british columbia so i started doing research and i think it was actually one of sophia's Interest, not top, but she considered it.
1: Mm-hmm. Tell
0: me about University of British Columbia.
1: Oh, the University of uh, British Columbia is, is an amazing institution. It's actually very prestigious. In the system in Canada is a little bit different, but it, it would be considered one of the Ivy Leagues in Canada. Although I didn't necessarily see it as such. Uh, when I went to school there. Um, I'm from Vancouver so for me it was just a natural choice to apply to the two universities that were closest to me and UBC was my first choice. I was very interested in the humanities and they had some incredibly interesting programs there but they're very well known for their research and for their education programs and it's just an incredibly beautiful campus and an incredibly beautiful location Um, I have very, very fond memories.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, for the Canadians, if you're from Canada, isn't the tuition very cost-effective compared to the United States?
1: There's no comparison. I I still struggle looking at the sticker price for private universities here. UBC is obviously a public institution, but college tuition in Canada in general is much, much lower. I had minimal, and I, I, I um, lived on my own and went to school, so I did have to take out some student loans, but I had minimal student loans for my undergrad, and um, even when I did my master's degree, one of the reasons why I chose Cal State Fullerton was partially because it was a public institution and the tuition was so much less, and I was able to have no student loans by the time I graduated with my master's.
0: So she got her master's as a Titan at Cal State Fullerton right up the road. What did you like about Cal State Fullerton?
1: I loved the, the fact that it was very uh, practically oriented for the program that I was interested in. It was um, exactly what I needed to propel me to prepare myself to become licensed as a marriage and family therapist. Um, The faculty that they hired there were phenomenal, both just from a theoretical perspective and their knowledge base, but also from a practical perspective and their experience in the field. So, And the um, internships and opportunities that were afforded us at Cal State Fullerton enabled me to be three quarters complete with my practicum hours by the time Mm -hmm. I finished my master's degree. So I had very little to do post degree to finish out my hours and apply for my licensure.
0: You talked about some student loans, not only when you're at University of British Columbia, but students uh, you know, that you have currently at OSHA. Let's talk about FAFSA, because a lot of people aren't familiar with FAFSA. What are you seeing out there? How do you encourage parents as well as students to take advantage of the resources that are out there?
1: That's, I think, one of the areas where we really would like uh, to provide a little more information to parents because the FAFSA piece is something certainly that the students are aware of, and we talk to them about financial aid and need and what it means when you're looking at the sticker price of a college and what you are actually going to have to pay out of pocket. Um, But the parents also often need this information. So at OSHA, we made a point of having parent education forums, so not only do we talk to them about what they need in order to apply to the colleges that they want to apply to, but we have FAFSA workshops and we have specialists come in and talk about the specific areas of the FAFSA and how it's used to um, define just what the parent um, contribution to their child's education will be.
0: So and my goal is I'm trying to get a specific, credible person to speak on FAFSA, so I might ask you for a referral, but top of your mind, top of your head, what one thing sticks out with FAFSA and what a parent should know?
1: Uh, I think a parent should know, first off with the FAFSA, that regardless of what where their child is going or what they wanna do, that they need to fill it out. Even if you're headed to a community college, there's the potential for students to qualify for a a Board of Governor fee waiver, and they could attend community college for free and just have to pay for their textbooks. For the other institutions, the FAFSA really is that sort of first assessment for the level of need that a student has. So when they apply to college and their FAFSA information is sent, and we absolutely want them to send it to their colleges, when a college offers acceptance, they will send you a financial package based off Mm -hmm. of the FAFSA. There's another financial aid, the CSS Profile um, Assessment uh, that some colleges do require. It's often on the East Coast, a lot of IVs require it. It goes beyond the information that's required in the FAFSA um, and is a lot more complex, but it certainly is something that the parents have to be involved in with their child. And I think our most important takeaway is that there's communication between the student and their parents about what is realistic, what what sort of price range are they looking at for college. You know, when we, uh, when our first was going to be college bound, we said, hey, anything that, you know, hits a UC tuition or below, we mm-hmm. got it. We got it covered. If you're looking at colleges that take you beyond that, then you're going to have to start looking at loans and we were very clear about our comfort level with respect to just how much student loans we were wanting our children to take out because we didn't want it to be something unmanageable
0: so piggybacking off of that kara there's parents out there today right they want their kids to go to this school they want not the kid wants right but what advice recommendation can you give them what you just kind of stated of here is my threshold here's what we think we can afford maybe some students staying locally here in California as uh, rather than going out of state or public as compared to private how do you communicate that with um, students as well as parents
1: I think um, I think most importantly we want them to have an understanding of the wide range of options available to them there are many different financial aid opportunities for different income ranges, particularly in the public university system. Uh, and in the private university system, it's not at first glance necessarily apparent what uh, type of aid will be available to the students. So we try to dissuade families from being uh, scared off by a sticker price. Um, we try to educate them on the different types of aid that may be available because there's need-based aid, there's merit-based aid, there's talent-based aid, which factors in with OSHA as well. Um, and a lot of times those can be stackable, so they can get aid you know, from various different um, reasons or from various different departments that cover a good chunk mm-hmm. of their tuition. Our experience has been... Um, and at OSHA in particular because we keep data on scholarships and things that are awarded um, schools are incredibly generous with respect to what they offer and private institutions have money set aside specifically to offer students and they want to offer students acceptance they're not looking for a reason to not accept they're looking for reasons to, to bring them in so
0: high level give my followers audience some just general numbers and maybe some institutions where they might not know that they're trying to Offer financial aid. So, for example, student last week, she didn't want to go to Pepperdine. She didn't want to go to LMU. She didn't want to go to University of Portland. That's why she went the direction she went. But she was offered different types of levels from those three universities. Is that what you're kind of referring to?
1: Levels of financial aid. Yes. Yes. Um, one of the things that we often do. Um, when we meet with our students we encourage them to come back to us with their financial offers so that we see what's out there and it may be that another university which is not their top choice has made an incredible offer and that their top choice university hasn't really come close to that offer we actually encourage students and their families to approach their number one choice university and say hey we are you know incredibly excited that you offered us acceptance Financially, however, this isn't necessarily within our means. We've been offered, you know, various things at other institutions. Is there anything we can do to see if this can be adjusted in any way, shape, or form? And really kind of see what their financial aid department can come up with.
0: Does that work at public universities? If you don't ask, you shall not receive?
1: No, I I would say the public universities are far more transparent about their financial aid and they have, you know, different levels of financial aid. It's not just for those that are in dire need. They have, you know, middle income family financial aid. So um, I think in the public university system, it's most important that you just get all of the information in and as accurately as possible for them. There's far less interaction with them um, than there is with the private universities.
0: Good to know. I'm going to move directions. I think I know the answer. I just want some validation and confirmation because I have a lot of friends in this area, mm-hmm. right? And and think about it, I'm on the fence, I'm not biased. I had a daughter at OSHA. Mm-hmm. I have a daughter currently a senior at Modern Day mm-hmm. and have a lot of friends public at CDM as well New, Newport Harbor, mm-hmm. okay? Do colleges look at the high school that that student's going to and looking at their rigor of academics as well as their GPA. So let me just get black and white to it. A 4.0 at OSHA, to me, I think is going to be a lot stronger and weighed a lot differently than maybe a 4.1, even higher at Modern Day or even Newport Harbor.
1: I would agree. Um, We, as the counselors, we submit those secondary school reports for the students, which is specifically uh, providing the universities with that information, we will categorize the level of rigor of a particular student in comparison to other OSHA students. So the universities will not compare apples to oranges, they are comparing OSHA students to OSHA students in terms of the level of rigor of their transcript and their absolutely aware particularly those universities that read our letters of recommendation that there's a lot more that goes into your gpa at osha than if you were at a traditional public high school
0: so or a
1: private high school for that matter
0: i agree 100 percent now my peers and friends i might lose followers because of that bit but i tell them i said an osha student the colleges will look at that just because of academic and rigor a lot more closer and it's just a number Right, either the GPA or even the SAT, ACT. There's a lot more to it, which I'm going to lead into uh, at OSHA as compared to a public high school or private high school. So thank you for validating and confirming (laughs) that. So with that said, essays, Mm -hmm. right? When they write the college essay, the application process, and you're involved, you just got through with this probably last month. How important is that essay? I have my take.
1: Well I think it's very important in the in the sense that it is a student's opportunity to share aspects of themselves that cannot be gleaned by what you see on paper. Um, I I think that the colleges are really looking to get a sense of who you are and a, an, an understanding not just of the type of student you will be but the type of citizen you will be on their college campus and they are looking to have a diverse um, community of students and getting to know you through those essays is part of the way they will sort of take a look at what would we be bringing onto our college campus.
0: What advice, recommendation do you say to stay away from on the essays?
1: Um,
0: What do you not write about?
1: What do you not write about? I would say that um, we have a number of students who have experienced a lot of challenges in their lives and many of them actually do write about those challenges. But we encourage students to really speak from a position of how they've grown or their perseverance and resilience and, and how that has transformed them and prepared them for college versus you know, listing all the things that may have mm-hmm. happened to them you know, throughout their childhood and, and high school career.
0: Sports, student body, right? Yeah. All right, you are a licensed family and marriage therapist. I am yes so and I don't know how well we can speak on this but it all kind of translates into are you ready for college responsibility emotional intelligence maturity wise going to college because especially here in this area there's so many bad things happening people are dying making bad decisions responsibility and what's your take you see it like you see the parents you see the the children and they're they're not ready for college at the end of the day.
1: There are some that I would say, yes, they're they're not ready to take that step.
0: And is it the pressure from the parents or the pressure on, should I say, the students wanting to do it? Or, and how do you, if you see that, how do you recommend or, or what are the signs of saying, you know what, it's okay. What we just talked about, community college or a gap year. You might have the academics for it but you're just not ready.
1: Uh, I would say that um, at at least at OSHA, we make a point with all of our juniors. We meet with them individually and we start this conversation about where you're headed after OSHA. And we invite parents to those meetings because we really want to get a sense of the student and what they're ready for. And and we like to hear the parents' input with respect to whether or not they have concerns or what they think their their child is capable of. so, using that information, because every child is unique, we really try to have very honest conversations with families about what might be the best step for their child. Um, and, it, you know, as far as a, being a counselor at the school, it's our goal to make sure that they have as many options available to them as possible. We don't want to close any doors for them. But in doing so, we don't want to um, put out you know options or opportunities out there that may be beyond their reach or that may be too overwhelming for them or that they might not be ready for so we want to be mindful in kind of laying out those recommendations mm-hmm. but we have those conversations with the families and you know so sometimes it's much appreciated other times it's it's a little harder to to hear and there are all sorts of concerns that go with a child not hopping straight into their four-year university degree straight out of high school But at the end of the day, um, at least our experience has been that when they've had an alternate path or chosen something different, they've circled back and been so very glad that they did so.
0: Right, because I think everything happens for a reason and it might not be the perfect plan or the roadmap that the parent wants, Mm -hmm. right? But for the child, it's all gonna work out. What advice, as we wrap up, what advice, recommendation would you give any parent out there today either as you look at your senior parents as well as the lower level parents Mm -hmm. in this whole process
1: with respect to college yes i would uh, encourage conversation early uh really kind of tap into what your child's interests are um you know making note of the areas that they're successful where they they show intense motivation we strongly believe and when we kind of work with the students ourselves we really try to get them to explore what it is that they're passionate about because they we believe that if you are driven and motivated by something that you're passionate about you're going to be successful in attaining your goals and so we encourage exploration we we want and expect students to kind of step outside their comfort zone try things that are different there are students who may fail at something but the experience that they gain having gone through that could create a shift that would end up making them you know that much more successful in what it is that they want to pursue I will say that um, just in general developmentally the kind of pressure we put on students to feel as though they have to have it all figured out by the time they graduate from high school is um,
0: unrealistic.
1: Yes it's just it's very unrealistic Uh, students in college will change their minds two three four times with respect to what they want to major in and um, a lot of students now are feeling more comfortable just going in undeclared because they want to take more time to figure out exactly what they want to do and I want parents to be comfortable with that it's it's not easy kind of sending your child off not really knowing exactly which steps are going to take but i do believe that college is the ideal place for students to to figure that out and explore and learn and then come out knowing that they were meant to be you know what it is that they were going to be for their career
0: i love the undeclared route not only did i go undeclared but i have communicated and recommended to sophia and julia who's my senior now to go undeclared because at the end of the day, most people you meet, most people, the majors you, you they major in, aren't even what they're doing unless it's that specific career, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so, and, and I talk about just the networking and when you're in college, grow and, and, and get involved and grow. I do have to give OSHA props because having lunch with Sophia last week, I asked her, I said, uh, how did you do on your midterm? And she goes, my life is so amazing, daddy. I go, my midterm, I got a three, six. Which they grade like write three, six out of four oh. oh. Okay. Okay. And she said that's was the highest in her group, and her group was the highest. And she said, OSHA taught me something. I go, They did. What did they teach you? She said, OSHA taught me how to write and how to read. And she said, For this, she go and she pulled out a piece of paper and she pulled it out and she said, Look at what I had to write in just so much time. And I read it and I said, That's pretty impressive, you know, just writing it. And she said, also, not only did she say to teach her how to write and read, she said, it also taught me just the rigor, because she said, now, I go, when's your class? She goes, oh, my first class was at 2.30, I'm <laughs> getting out at 3.30. She said, I just have, I said, you need a job is what you need, but she's enjoying it. But I knew that's what the preparation was because she got up at seven o'clock, I think, got to school, left at 7.30, didn't get home till 5.30. I got a lot of freedom out there mm-hmm. now. So props to you. I told Ralph and, and Taryn. Yeah, that's Ralph Opasick, the founder and pre- <laughs> uh, president of OSHA and Taryn. The yeah. principal, I said, here's what Sophia told me. So those followers and listeners that might have students at OSHA, seventh and eighth grade, are looking to go in OSHA. It does prepare you and teach you. Mm-hmm. All right, one last question. What advice, recommendation, now do you give students out there as seniors in, in regards to the whole college process?
1: Uh, I think once they get past the stress of what they're going through right now and they've actually found where they're going to go, I think ultimately really um, becoming a part of the community that they're going to um, think about their college experience beyond the academics, get involved, get to know people, network like you said. The undergraduate degree is also a stepping stone. So the more that they can glean, the more that they can sort of learn and be curious, the more options that will be available to them once they graduate, because like you said, they could be headed in any sort of path once they've completed their bachelor degree and whether that's graduate school or out into the workforce, um, the more that they engage on campus, I think the better prepared they will be.
0: Kara McCann counselor at OSHA, Orange County School of the Arts. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. We we have to thank, you know who my executive producer is. Yes. Murph Cargis from what band?
1: He's, he's, wait, you're a bass player, right? Okay. He's the bass player for Sugar Ray. There you go. See, I I was so starstruck (laughs) that I had a little moment.
0: (laughs) So we always want to thank our executive producer. We want to thank my followers and listeners and our sponsor. We only have one sponsor. That's Fonger News. Again, Michael Fong with Kara McCann. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank Signing you. Signing out. Fonger News out.